When is the last time you listened to a podcast about web development, web design, and small business and didn't fall asleep? Yes, we cover web development, web design, and small business, but like actual human beings with personalities. If you're a beginner, we're not going to talk over your head. It's more like asking your buddy for help. We have guests, we have fun, and let me tell you, these two can get off on a tangent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to HTML All The Things Podcast. This is Matt Lawrence and Mike Curran. That's right, everybody. We are back, and this is episode 155. Svelte is here to stay. I'm Matt. That's Mike. And this week, we'll be talking about all things Svelte. We'll be talking about my spin-up in it. Mike will be talking about the advantages, what makes it different, what is Svelte. If you're like, what the heck is that thing? We'll be talking about what it is right up front, so don't worry about that. Now, if this sounds interesting to you, you want to support us, you can go check out the... Check us out on that Patreon. Leave a review or rating on your podcast app. Join us in our Discord server. Share this with your friends. And just a quick note... As of recording this, we have a few more slots open in the podcast promoters tier. That's $3, and we'll read your name uh, and website or your Twitter handle or whatever it is that you want on the show. If you want to hear what what that sounds like, you can listen to pretty much the end of almost any show we've done. Uh, Most recently, uh, we have a limit on how many slots are available, so go check that out just because I don't want to be reading names for like half an hour. So go and... Go check it out. Anyway, Mike, Svelte. Svelte is here to stay. It's here. It's with us. I'm echoing through your microphone. So what? what's Svelte all about? What is it? All right. The, take, um, take me through the journey. Yeah, I'll take you through the journey. So I didn't have a lot of experience in Svelte before this, honestly. Uh, I did, for the past couple of weeks, I've been working on a project. Matt, you worked on a little bit of a project with Svelte as well. And maybe like, I want to say a year ago now, I went and did like a quick, quick, small little project in Svelte just to see what it was all about. We even had an episode on it. Uh, I think it was like getting started quickly with Svelte or something like that. I can't remember. Uh, maybe we'll link it in the show notes, the old episode, but Really, again, not a huge amount of experience with it. I am a Vue.js developer mostly, but here lately, comes the here comes the Vue propaganda again. Yeah, here we so go. So it's yeah. not propaganda. No, no, no. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I I honestly think Svelte might be the next thing. Like it, it might be the thing that I switch to even from Vue because oh. again, I'm always up for the something better. I don't care that this thing was around for a long time. I don't care about that kind of stuff. Like I don't, again, no brand loyalty on my end, really. Uh, so if something comes out that's better in almost any every way, uh, and there's a reason for me to switch, like there, it does something easier, there's easier to onboard, and I'll talk about those reasons, uh, I'm totally down to switch. And I think Svelte has the potential to be that. And it's shown with the maturity that it's gained in the past year and the, the tooling that's being built out for it in the past year that people are taking it seriously, and it is here to stay. But before we get too, too far into the weeds here, what is Svelte? And this is this is probably a good place to start. I you know, On Twitter, I asked what people want to know, and some people were like, well, what is it? So Svelte is a framework for building dynamic user interfaces. It's very similar and a direct competitor to React and Vue. It's newer. Uh, like React, Vue, Angular, all those things that are great for building UI frameworks, right? It's newer, but uh, 
it does similar things to those in terms of functionality. It does them differently. And again, I'll mention that in a second, but it does those basic core things. And those basic core things are stuff like conditional rendering. So essentially, if statements in your HTML, directly in your HTML, showing like, okay, do you want to show this when stuff is loaded? Do you want to show this uh, if you have this data available? Do you want to show this div, essentially, stuff like that? Uh, you can create HTML elements based on data that you're working with, like an API. So DOM manipulation, all can be done through Svelte right in the HTML, right? You can do a lot of like for, st- for loops, uh, like I mentioned before, if statements, you can do, um, uh, really, you can create any sort of DOM elements, like a div or an A tag or a nav link or whatever, dynamically with the data that's provided to you. So you don't have to like create a static site. You can take an API that's being given to you, write some code that uh, interprets that API, and then create a UI based on the information given to you from the API. So that's really the core functionality of one of these UI frameworks as the main thing. Uh, You can dynamically update the DOM based on updates to different variables. So let's say you have like a variable that increments for whatever reason, goes from one to two. So var A is is equal to one. And then all of a sudden at some point something happens and it equals two. You can link that variable to an HTML element and an HTML inside of an HTML element like a div. And as soon as it, the HTML detects a change to that variable, it'll automatically do that change in your actual UI. So you can see those changes happen in real time and you don't have to worry about, you know, doing the manual JavaScript code that you would usually have to do if you weren't using one of these frameworks. So that's really the main core of what these like, you know, dynamic user interface frameworks do. But what really makes Svelte different? So again, a lot of people really want to know, you know, Svelte versus Vue and React. Why do I need to go to Svelte? And what are the little like things that it does differently that would make sense for me to switch to? Actually, um, one one question, actually, yeah, like your your sentence there just like sparked a thought in my head. So there's some people that are going to be listening to this that are probably a, a vanilla JS purist or they like they only wanted code in vanilla or they're learning or have recently learned uh, JavaScript, vanilla JavaScript. And they're probably thinking, you know, I can do whatever it is that you're doing with Svelte in vanilla in a different way, right? It's not like dynamic and as dynamic and this and that. So like, just because I know you're going to, you know, t- talk about some of the comparisons between Vue and all that. But what about the comparison do you think about Svelte slash JavaScript framework? So let's just use Svelte because that's what the episode's about. Svelte versus vanilla. Like why would someone in this situation that is using vanilla, wants to use vanilla for whatever reason, why would they use Svelte specifically now, maybe we'll get into that, into the advantages, but like to get them off of that, that train, if we're like, hey, use felt and they're and like you're we're for whatever reason trying to convince them, what would be the thing you use to convince them? So just faster and easier to write dynamic UIs, user interfaces. That's like, I think, I think most of what I covered in the what is Svelte mm-hmm. is the reason you would want to use it over, you know, document.create element in JavaScript. Because right. it manages all the little things for you. Whereas if you were doing it in vanilla JavaScript, like you said, totally doable. But you have to manage every little thing. For instance, you want to show or hide an element. You've got to do that based on the whatever happens in your code. And then you've got to actually like, you know, delete that element or remove that element with the JavaScript command from the UI. Whereas with Smelt, 
you can actually use an if statement inside the HTML and it'll do all that stuff for you. Right. So like, yeah, because, you know, when I started and like we'll get into this too more, but in my spinning up section, but when I started getting into Svelte, I was kind of watching some videos. I think you sent me like a, a video and I was watching it and, and it made sense. I was like, oh, this, you know, this works pretty well. And I was kind of following along like, here and there. And I was like, oh, this works pretty well. And then I when I walked away from that session on it, I was just sort of like, it works well, but why the hell am I using it? But you're you're right in that instead of going in and being like, you know, create element div at that that div needs the class this that class, you know, that now we have to potentially either already have CSS for it or we need to, you know, define some styles here in JavaScript and it becomes this big like this big old like list this big old list of stuff that like svelte doesn't like a line or two so i i I just think it's important to like draw attention to this because i know that some people will be like i can do that in vanilla but i think that like this maybe like you need that little push you know what i mean yeah no i i I, and i totally agree like that was my thought first and you know what's another good thought is like you can do it vanilla, and if you know how to do it, that's great. That means you have a very good base to get started with any of the frameworks and switch between them. This is all what we always talk about, the three pillars, right? HTML, CSS, JavaScript. If you know those things and you can do what these frameworks do in the in the regular languages, you're a step ahead of a lot of people. And your knowledge of these frameworks and your spinning up in these frameworks will be a lot faster and a lot better, the core fundamentals, than someone that's just going into one of these frameworks without learning those core. Not to say that that's a bad strategy and that you can't be a good developer in that sense. Obviously, you still can. There's plenty of plenty of good examples. But when you have that kind of understanding and you know, like, hey, I'm writing here, like that this element's gonna, you know, show or hide. But in the back of your mind, you're like, really, what that's doing is actually removing it from the DOM using this JavaScript command, you know, uh, delete node or whatever. Or like you're adding something to the DOM, so you're appending a child to the DOM. Like you have that in the back of your head, you're going to write better code, just flat out. It's going to be better. So it's a good way to think on it. And you should compare vanilla JavaScript to any framework that you really use and make sure that you're actually using a framework for the right reasons. That's the other thing. Like one of the reasons maybe that Matt's using it for is to learn. That's a reason to use a framework. You're learning a framework. But if you were building a very simple static site and you need to get it done ASAP and you want it to be as efficient as possible, then maybe, you know, you don't use a framework. That's the thing. Like there is a there is a trade off in using some of these things. But there's an overhead. There's an overhead because you got to get the environment set up, which is, you know, relatively simple, but you still got to do it. Right. Absolutely. Um, You got to get the environment set up and there's still some bundle size regardless. Like so that's one thing that I want. Like that's a perfect transition into what makes felt different. Uh, all the stuff that we were just talking about, like those doc, document.createElements, document.appendChilds. Svelte is different than Vue and React in the sense that Vue and React don't really convert their Vue and React code to plain old append element and append childs and document.createElement, all those. They don't do that. What they do is they have a virtual DOM that's just like a, a big blurb of text essentially like a virtual dom of text and when something and when something changes in the virtual dom like you update a variable it'll actually do a diff comparison to the real dom and only change like literally the text in those elements so it's a diff between the virtual and the real dom what svelte does it actually compiles down to 
those fundamental core JavaScript uh, el- uh, frameworks or f- JavaScript elements like document.create element, append child, all those things, the DOM manipulation JavaScript side, it'll compile down to that. It does not have a virtual DOM. It doesn't do any sort of diff comparisons. It takes out that middleman. And because of that, Svelte is actually more of a compiler than a bundled-in framework. So there is nothing of Svelte bundled into uh, the JavaScript, the, the final you know distribution production JavaScript files. It's just literally regular JavaScript commands that can be human readable even. So you can go in, you know, expand it out. It's still minified. You can unminify it and you can read it out and be like, oh, this is where I was going to, you know, loop over an element. And you can see that it's using a regular for loop and stuff like that. Like you can see it building your HTML layouts in JavaScript dynamically with JavaScript, like directly. That's mm-hmm. how it compiles down to. So that's a that's a big difference, again, between the virtual DOM method of React, View, and Angular, where it does that diff comparison and doesn't compile into human-readable JavaScript and, ha- and bundles in a portion of their framework, right? Like when, when, you're, when you put a Vue app into, into um, production, Vue is in there. Like Vue is part of your application because it has to do that comparison. With Svelte, Svelte's not in there. It's gone. So the bundle size, all of a sudden, I'll talk about the advantages of Svelte, obviously, in a second, is much smaller because of that. So that's what I really wanted to get down. I, I took I took a considerable amount of time to kind of go through it, make sure I learned that to the best of my ability. If I didn't say something correctly, please correct me, uh, you know, on Twitter at HTML yeah, everything. Yeah, I got a correction. No, I'm just, <laughs> just stirring I'd, the pot. I'd be down. I want, I want to hear the correction, but I think I got it down. I think I, I understood it. <laughs> I understood it pretty well. And I... Uh, it, it kind of opened my eyes to the advantages of Svelte because again, like you're building, you're building code that's a little bit more extensible. It's a little bit more like, even if you have to go in and edit those JavaScript files that are at, created at the end, at some point in the future, like 10 years down the line, it's maybe doable. It's probably still very difficult and complicated, but it's maybe doable. Whereas with a Vue or a React or Angular. Good luck. Good luck. Exactly. Like you're, 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 you're editing the framework, essentially. Like you would have to be going and editing the framework. So that's kind of like what makes Svelte that that's like the secret sauce of Svelte is it's that it's more of a compiler and it doesn't use a virtual DOM. Now, what are the advantages of that? Again, I mentioned smaller bundle size because it doesn't pack in Svelte into it. It's just purely like if you write some code in a dot Svelte file, that's the code that's going to appear essentially to create whatever UI you have. That's it. If you don't write the code, it's not going to appear there. So smaller bundle size. Because there's no middleman, because there's no virtual DOM, it actually makes for faster DOM manipulation. So this one is a little bit disputed. I've had a couple conversations over over the last few weeks saying that like, oh, React would be better at this because of the virtual DOM actually makes stuff faster. I'm... I'm of the mind, and I have some stats to back this up. I'm going to link them in the show notes. Uh, I believe it's JS Framework Benchmark from Krauset. I, I don't know how to say that name, but it's going to be in the show notes. There's like a big a big benchmark chart, essentially, of all the frameworks out there. Svelte is beating them in every category, pretty much. There's a few really close calls, 100%. In terms of like, you know, creating an element, deleting an element, creating a big table, deleting a big table. There's a few close calls, but Svelte is faster. 
So it's faster at DOM manipulation. And I think it's faster because there is no middleman. You're using basic hardware level JavaScript commands to do the manipulation. You're not doing any sort of like comparison, diff comparison in the middle. It's all good. There's less memory allocation. Again, that that stuff is going to be in the uh, in the resources. It's the same exact like JavaScript fr- framework uh, benchmark. So it's going to be you know in a browser when you open up the task manager, you can see how much memory is being used. It's going to use a little bit less memory. Also an advantage depending on how intensive your app is. When you're writing it, there's no boilerplates with React with uh, Vue. There's certain things that you have to add to a file, like a template tag, right? You have to add a script tag and then like a setup function and inside the setup function, like there's a few things that need to be in the file for it to be a view file or or a React file. With Svelte, there is no boilerplates. You have a script tag that's just regular JavaScript and then you just write HTML in that, in, in the regular place, wherever you want in that single file component. There's no template tag. And then you can have a style tag if you want in there, which is, again, regular HTML, CSS, JS. There's no boilerplate. If you don't have any styling, don't put a style there. If you don't have any JavaScript, don't put a JavaScript there. It'll still, it'll still render out as a Svelte file, which is cool. It's really easy to understand the syntax. So when you're first learning it, and I, I left this near the end because I know Matt's actually going to go more into like the learning of Svelte because he just went through that motion. But really, when you're when you're first learning it, there's no convoluted ways of like accessing a variable and making it reactive and then changing that variable, like setting it, you know, like have, having a setter and uh, for like a set state in React, you know, you have a setter and then the actual value of that variable uh, for view. It's like, you know, calling it a ref in view three uh, to make sure that it can be, you know, then returned to the template so that it's accessing the template. There's some advantages of that. I, I can understand the argument for being people being like, hey, I like it to be a little bit more implicit that I want this variable to be a variable to be accessible in the DOM. Totally get that. I understand that kind of logic. But in terms of learning how to use Svelte and learning how to use a framework in general, it's really easy to pick up Svelte compared to Vue and React. Like, I'm sorry, like it just is because it's just so clean. Like when you're when you're reading us like in, in in the initial Svelte code, you're like, is that it? Like it just looks like plain JavaScript, and essentially that's what it is. There's a few things that you can import, like an on mount event for life cycles. You can import on destroy. Like there's plenty. There's all the features that you could possibly want from a a, a JavaScript framework like React and Vue, but they're you can progressively introduce them as you need them to just do basic stuff like basic DOM manipulation. It's clear, like I, and again, Matt, you you can speak to your mind on it, but in terms of uh, for me, in in a comparison between Svelte, Vue, and React, Svelte I picked up like I, I'm going to snap my fingers. You might not be able to hear it because it'll peak, but I picked it up like that because of how easy it is to understand. A few other little things: uh, state management, like their state management library for their store is really, really simple. It uses this this dollar sign thing for reactivity to show that a variable it can change and to detect change in a variable. Um, I don't, I'm not going to get too far into it because this is, again, kind of an introductory episode to Svelte, but just know that the state management libraries for Svelte, the, the first-party state management library, is great. And it's super easy to get started with. Again, I've used Vue. I've used a little bit of Redux, just a little bit kind of manipulating older code. But I've used Vue, Vuex, 
the the state management library in Vue. And it's fine. And I liked it. And I, I still like it. But to get spun up in it takes a significant amount to get like a significant amount of time to get spun up in the Svelte store. Like, I don't know, 30 minutes, something like that, like depending on where you're coming from, obviously, but like, it's super simple. It's extremely simple to do like computed properties, to do writables, to do like, uh, like getting the variables, setting the variables, all dead simple plain like looks like plain javascript that's how good it is it has complete feature parity as well with react and view so in terms of not only the store but everything else like you have almost anything you have in react and view all the libraries that they have like maybe some of the more niche stuff not yet and that'll come but the main general libraries that you would build an app on it has those stuff like svelte kit which is being developed as a first-party kind of uh, framework on top of Svelte to do server-side rendering and static site building to compete with something like Nuxt and Next.js. Again, Nuxt.js being the view static site or server-side rendering and uh, Next.js being the React static site and server-side renderer. They have their own and they're building it themselves. And I've used it just a tiny bit. Don't want to get too far into it. It's great. I've used Nuxt before. It's got almost everything that Nuxt has already. And it's still kind of in beta. It's still not ready for prime time, quote unquote. Although there are some big companies using it. I talked to people from Apple. Um, so this was a contract developer for Apple. He was building an internal tool. He was using Svelte for building the internal tool. Uh, I was talking to a couple of people that were that were telling me that government sites are now starting to use Svelte. So th I'm just saying like there's a lot of adoption going on right now. And really like the trajectory, I did, I've done a lot of comparisons between Vue and React and stuff like that for over the past couple of years. And I always had that hope that Vue would overtake React. I, I'm losing that hope a little bit now. And you, you probably heard in the last few episodes where we talked about it. I think Svelte has a better chance than Vue which is what makes me want to kind of consider it more at this point. After doing a deeper dive into it, after using it, after seeing how many companies are so excited about it, I talked to a senior engineer that that was using, uh, that was, you know, in the industry for 25 years. And when I said Svelte, his eyes lit up. He was like freaking excited. Like he was like foaming at the mouth to talk about Svelte. Damn. Someone, yeah, it's crazy. Like that, that, and he's like, I just pitched a project, a really big company. I can't name the name right now, but like he, he was telling me, like a massive worldwide store, e-commerce store, and they were rebuilding it from scratch, and they almost got Svelte pushed through. Like they almost built it in Svelte. It was like twenty percent of the people like fought against it, and he kind of you know. What, did whatever and I'll, I'll do it in react and that's it but he almost got it built in felt so th that shows that it's becoming more and more widely used and more and more accepted and people are starting to kind of push it for bigger projects and as soon as only four years old here like uh, looking at google here initial release new, yeah four years ago it says here that's what i'm saying like it's new and it's the trajectory is in my from my view is faster than view not to say that view is bad. I still love view. View is still still mine. Like, here it the, is. Yeah, here I'm, it I'm is. Back, yeah, back shilling for view right now. But damn, like Svelte is a, a compelling target right now. Um, but really, with that, I don't want to take up too much more time. 
I want to pass it off to Matt because he spent some time actually learning it from a different perspective. So Matt, you can talk about that. Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, I actually learned, I mean, I just learned this right now, but because I wanted to see how old Svelte was. And I learned that Svelte is just a word. I thought it was just a brand. It's a word. It's an adjective. The adjective is obviously Svelte. There's obviously, there's also different forms of it, like Svelter and Sveltest. <laughs> and it means, this is from the Google Oxford language, this is from the Google little excerpt from Oxford languages. Of a person slender and elegant. So there's a quote here. She was uh, she was svelte and sophisticated. <laughs> so there's that whole I don't know. It's from the origin svelto, which is Italian, and then it has a little line that goes to French, and then another line that just says svelte early 19th century. Minimal usage until 2019, where it looks like it peaked, according to this chart. Anyway, little little side little side note there. Uh, but yeah, I've been. Uh, I've been learning some Svelte. I haven't been doing it last couple of weeks because I've been working on the site, which is now out. Check it out, htmlallthethings.com. But uh, shameless self plug. But the uh, I've been I'm diving into Svelte a bit. So I'm uh, I'm a like I've said a million times. I'm a jack of all trades. I have never really dove fully into a framework. I've used say like Bootstrap, uh, WordPress, Couch CMS, uh, and I'm just naming a bunch of different tech. Uh, Couch CMS and October CMS and Typo three and uh, Webflow, and I'm kind of all over the place just to try to get, like, I'm basically a solutions finder, I guess you could say. Um, but I decided, you know, like, there's this big hole in my knowledge where, like, I, I can code in vanilla, HTML, CSS, JS, I can do these other tech, but I just don't really, just, I don't really touch frameworks a lot. I've helped Mike with some view stuff, and he just kind of says, go here, change these files, and that's it, and I can kind of figure it out, and then it's relatively easy, but I just don't, I just never really like got into it. Like I never was, I never started at the beginning. So Svelte is where I kind of started at the beginning. And I have this idea just to show you, so you know where I'm coming from. I have this idea to make this little trucker management game because I feel as though that'll help me with, there's going to be like dynamic progress bars and stuff like this and money to be managed and like different time for like trucks to get places and stuff. So I figure it's just a good like exercise slash activity for me to get into, which I haven't actually designed the game itself, which is, part of the problem but i've kind of gotten in there and messed around with forms and like saved stuff and then like messed around with like components and moving components around and like having js files talk to components which talk to the main thing it's so that's where i'm at just so you know where i'm coming from uh so it's my first javascript framework like i said um and i'm gonna try to actually make this project like this trucker game project like i the overall goal is to not start short of it being a paid project to not start another Svelte project until I actually finish this one. I want to like have a little thing where I can put it on our website or whatever under a subdomain so people can like play it just for fun. It's not going to be like a serious, you know, release or at least I don't think it's going to be. Um, the, so the startup, you know, people are going to ask, you know, how was it to get started? So the startup was really easy, you know, courtesy of the sort of starter slash intro project that they have. Uh, you can use that as a jump off point. So you just kind of like download that. And you can use it as a jump off point. It contains all the file structure that you need and the basic setup. So there's like a prop in there. Uh, there's like all your files, like I've already said. It's like just sort of like a setup, really easy, basically a hello world application. And you can kind of take that, start manipulating it. And then obviously, like as you manipulate a hello world project, it blows out of proportion. So you don't have to worry about like make sure you have all these files and make sure you have all these folders and it has to be in this structure. You can just kind of get going. And that's what a lot of people online uh, that I've seen videos doing have used. So it's been pretty good that way. Uh, the biggest benefit that I see um, from using, I use 
from using just vanilla, so from vanilla to using JavaScript frameworks such as Felt, um, is actually the a bit of a UX thing. So it's the lack of jumping from HTML or excuse me, HTML to CSS to JS um, to do something simple like make a div interactive. So what I mean by that is, is when you have components, and I'll talk about that in a second, when you have components, you can have these little individual files. So you can have like a file called, let's say, content box. And the content box, for whatever reason, is supposed to change its color uh, based upon something that happens, right? Someone presses a button somewhere and changes the color. Well, you can have a separate file, like a component, and it has your HTML, your CSS, and your JS all in that file, and it's literally like content block or content box, whatever you want to call it, dot svelte, and that's like a separate little component. So I don't have to keep jumping from like, oh, I got to go to my JS file. Where are my JS files this? Oh, I got to go to my HTML. Where are my HTML is this? You know, instead of having that, and yes, you could separate it in vanilla, but I just find that this component way to be a little easier, and that everything's just in one big file. And yes, you have the option to split things off, but that's just the way I've been doing it. Uh, components, so I've already mentioned that, obviously, but f- components, you know, further that lack of jumping around by breaking projects into digestible digestible chunks that can be, f- that can, again, I want to make, make sure, that can be fully contained HTML, CSS, and JS containing a piece of a project. So like a content box, as I've already said, maybe a light box, a nav bar. Those are a few other examples. Yeah, and so, so j- just to jump in real quick here, the because the single file components is actually a pretty key thing with a lot of frameworks. React is not as heavy on the single file components. Vue is a single file component framework. One another advantage of that is actually like splitting responsibilities. So if like Matt and I were working on the project, it's a lot easier for him to hand me a component to do and it's fully contained, ah. right? He can be like, hey, this component is going to receive a couple different pieces of information. Here's a sample, build it, and I'll put it into the project. And I can kind of build it on my own, not interfere with any anything that Matt's doing, give it to him, and he can use it wherever he wants. So that's one advantage of single file components. The other thing is the reusability. You build a button that has a bunch of information in it and a bunch of uh, customization. You only build that button once. You reuse it all throughout the application. So that's it just wanted to jump in and talk a little bit about that. That's super interesting. I didn't think of that because that's what we were doing with Vue. And I didn't really think of it being like a workflow thing, but it absolutely is. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's a good insight. Um, also, I like the fact that if you have a big piece of code or like a big script, like literally just a big JavaScript file, uh, you can just still use that. You can add that to your project and it's a full-on separate JS file, uh, which is super handy. Uh, and so in one of my examples, uh, I mean, it was a few weeks ago, so I'm saying from memory, I think I said it on the show before, but I like have like a JS file that talks to a component and then that component talks to another component and then that component talks to the main app, whatever. Uh, so pretty cool. Like I'm just kind of I don't need that many hops, but I'm just kind of doing that to like learn it. Um, and that'll actually lead me right into my challenges because one of my challenges is with components and stuff like this, but I'll start at the beginning kind of here. So one of my personal challenges, and I have four written down here, uh, are, you know, learning where Svelte begins and ends. So I keep doing JS for stuff, but then realizing, oh, Svelte has a way to do that. And I, and I think that's probably something that will come with experience, uh, I would I would imagine. But it's just something where I struggle because I'm like, where does, where does my job, where does Svelte's job begin and end? Where does JS's job, you know, pick up the slack or, you know, where, where do I, where do I go with stuff like this? Cause sometimes I'll be like, Hey, I need to make this content box. And my obvious, uh, muscle memory, I suppose you could say is just to go and quickly write out, you know, a content box just in like all the vanilla stuff, HTML, CSS, JS. But then I realize shortly after I'm like, Oh, 
could have put this in a component and kind of move this here and then had this so that this variable just like talks to this and it doesn't conflict with this and all this other stuff. So I think it might just be an experience thing. We'll see as time, a time will tell. Yeah. So just to quickly talk on that too, like that is 100% an experience thing. And it's something that like, once you start getting the hang of it a little bit, it'll get a little bit easier. But making mistakes, you're going to make mistakes initially. You're going to do stuff the old JavaScript way. You're going to do stuff a different way than that, like, I guess the standard. The best way to kind of go around that is to refer to the documentation as much as you can. If you have a question in your mind to be like, oh, I need to, you know, create a content box or create or, or uh, pass in some pro- properties or change the size of this thing or, you know, add a class. Let's say add a class is a, probably a good one. How do I do that? In the documentation, there's going to be a section about, you know, adding and removing classes and stuff like that. And that could take you to a best practices approach quicker. Again, if you do it the wrong way, fine, that's okay, because you can always go back and fix it. But what if you start going to Google right away, you're going to get to the point where you're going to see mixed results between vanilla and Svelte or Vue and React, whatever. And it might confuse you. So I always like one of my new things that I've been doing a lot and I've been recommending people do a lot is check the documentation first of the thing that you're using and then move on to Google to check the rest. I was actually just going to ask you, like, how would you discover? Because if you have a working solution in, say, vanilla, but it's easier in Svelte, but you don't know about that Svelte solution, you would never look it up. You'd be no. like, oh, like this is working. And then you would move on. So that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, check some good the documentation. Tips. Check the documentation. Fair enough. Um, also, with Svelte, too, as a little side thing, I, I find the Google help to be like, eh. Like, yep. like, the information is out there, and they're mostly in videos, but the videos, like, cover about four topics, and you want, like, one small thing. Maybe I'm just learning how to Google this, because, like, you'll gain experience with Google stuff, um, which is one of our past episodes now, but you'll gain experience Googling it. So maybe I just need to get better at it. I just, I need to get back on the, uh, back on the Svelte train here. Now that the site's up basically, uh, is what a lot of this is going to come down to. And Um, I I think it is, it is a problem with Svelte though, though, because it is newer. It just has less content being made on it. Right. So I think you are like, what you're running into is absolutely one of like, if I was to have a disadvantages section, one of the disadvantages that I would have put there. Right. Um, it's just not mature enough to have all the same tooling, developer tooling, and all mm. the same support that something like React or Vue has. Uh, React being the best on that s- spot because there's just so many people using it. It's so but big, yeah. It's so big. So you have way more content to pull from. But the other disadvantage of that is you also have way more variety of content from like old React to new React to crappy React to good React. There's just so much out there. So you can get easily confused so if you again if you go back to use my method of hey let's check the documentation first let's check the first party sources on how they would do it and then move on to google you might be able to get away from some of that and write better code than you would with like the other frameworks although you could do the same thing with them absolutely um well i was gonna ask well maybe this is crazy i was gonna say like well, maybe not. Ask I was gonna it. say. I was gonna. I was, I was gonna. Ask, yeah, I'm just gonna ask you. So I'm trying to think. Like, is there a place? And like, our audience can answer this. I don't know if this is. This is a really, really, really half thought out idea. Is there like a place for the TikTok 
of coding solutions where you have a long form video. This this just came into my head where you have the long form coding videos and you clip the little pieces and you can watch those and have those all SEO. Because the thing is, you know, you have TikTok, they can do it. You have short YouTube videos, they can do it. You can clip on YouTube now, that can do it. Twitch, same thing. But I'm thinking like a full SEO'd clip for stuff that isn't quite at like the, having like the legacy of online assistance. This is a really, really like random idea yeah. that I just I, poofed in my head. I think it 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 has legs. I think I I don't mind that idea, uh, especially if it's done well. The biggest challenge will be like getting people to clip, obviously, or or allowing like any video to be clipped and then you're kind of stealing content from other places. Unless it's like Twitch where like you're supposed to clip. I'm not like a super big Twitch guy, but it's like as far as I understand it might be wrong. You're like allowed to clip and then you like that that gets like fully attributed to the person. Right, right. And then but it, it kind of stays on Twitch, too correct that's the problem is like with this method you would have to either be like a youtube for developers and then allow oh, the clipping i see or steal content from youtube and clip it or get the developers themselves to put it on your platform clipped already there is youtube clips too now right so youtube but but again uh if, if you go it works. the pure youtube route then you gotta again get people to clip and how do how do they know what's clippable and what's not because to you and i some stuff makes sense to be clipped, but to someone that's been in the industry for 15 years, they're like, this is part of their like ingrained memory. We, we had this discussion right. before where like we don't think about certain things as we go and we don't explain it well because of that. That's why someone that's just learning how to code now is so valuable to like go out there and blog because they're going to look at it from a completely different way that we are and they're going to help the people learning to code right before them. And then we're we're kind of in the same spot where like we're helping the people just ahead of us or just below, just behind us. I mean, right? That's so, a really good point because I remember like just as soon as last night somebody was explaining something that's happened happening on their computer and they thought it was like a dual monitors issue, and they described it and I was like, oh, it sounds like the GPU is failing. And then they described more and I was like, oh, it actually sounds like more like a driver problem. But I didn't. Like, to me, that's just muscle memory. Like, hearing the different steps, it's like, oh, it's probably this. This is where I would look. But, like, to them, it was like, oh, it's just a monitor issue. Like, they, like, it, it, and it wasn't like I, like, fully explained myself either. Exactly. You, know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's, it's like, that's muscle memory to me. Like, troubleshooting something like that is muscle memory to me. And so it doesn't, it's like a mute point. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because then it would be like a bunch of noise. These videos, these videos, clips, whatever you want to call them, would be like a would be a bunch of noise out there where it's like it's almost like the uh, the too many comments or too specific of comments, code like code comments effect. But it's just like now there's just <laughs> too many videos where it's like, dude, why do you have like 80 videos on like declaring a variable? Interesting. One, one thing that popped into my mind as a half baked thought. <laughs> What's going well on here? For some reason, I don't know why. <laughs> uh, is like a aggregator of documentation so ah, so you have okay, a site that go. essentially has the big javascript framework dom- documentation all in one and easily searchable and all the different like libraries and stuff like that and you can just search it i know there's there are tools that you can download locally like actual applications and you can download like 
documentation to those tools and then have like a good search function. So maybe that's a solution. But I'm thinking like a site that maybe even um, has relationships with all of these different frameworks would make for a really good experience. But it also might, like you said, add a lot of noise. So I I don't know. Again, half-baked. Half-baked idea Tuesday. (laughs) I like it. uh, Yep. I mean... I mean, that's why we're here. To talk about our half-baked ideas. I was trying to think if there's a day that starts with B that we could like try to like you know what i mean like do all we do like digital dynasty design and what do they call that alliteration i don't know if that's right yeah i think so reuse all like the yeah, the yeah, same right. like the yeah. beginning of each yeah but i don't there's no okay and i mean i don't mind it i don't mind both these ideas someone's gonna take these ideas nah they're not someone's gonna take <laughs> these not. ideas no i just uh, i mark my word someone's gonna take these ideas make a million dollars and we'll be on episode like 350 hats off to them <laughs> we're going to be interviewing them. <laughs> I was going to say, and we're going to have them on the show. That's yeah. that. that might, maybe, maybe, maybe one day. Let us know if you like any of these ideas. Actually, um, okay. Back to the uh, back to the the the, the Svelte train. Um, I don't have the whole component thing down to muscle memory, so I struggle with you know how to break up my project. Should this be one component? Should this be a couple of components? A component in a component? Should this variable be like isolated in another component? Like it's just a bit of a thing that I'm sure will, again, with experience kind of become normal. And it's also probably something that is different for every team, different for every person and different for every project. There's probably some guidelines out there that are like, hey, don't have these variables open and like effectively, quote unquote, out in the open or else things can manipulate them that shouldn't. Stuff like that. That type of stuff is, you know, that that holds true. But I'm thinking more so like, you know, this content box, do I just throw everything in here or do I have a light box component that gets put into the content box component? I'm just not quite there. So I got to kind of mess around and I'm sure I'll refactor my code 1400 times before it sees the light of day uh, as I normally do, which is probably also a problem, but <laughs> that's just me. And uh, so next thing is uh, same as my component point, but for scripts. So how isolated should my scripts be? You know, should I like at what point? In my component, there's like a little bit of JS in there. Do I say, hey, you know, I need to take this JS and like throw it into its own file. Like at what point does that happen? I'm just not sure like when I should do it. I understand I would probably do it if the script was massive or if it was like some algorithm that's being processed. So I would just like constantly use that script in multiple components. So that's one reason. So there's some solution or some situations that just call for it. But it's just sometimes I'm like, hey, this script's kind of getting kind of big. Like, should I be throwing this in a file? I'm just not quite there yet. And I think that comes down to structure. And I'll probably come up with my own structure pattern, I guess you'd say, as I go through. Yeah. I think the best way to do it is just to build in one component as much as you can until it becomes unruly and then refactor and then do it again. That's a lot of people recommend doing doing that way so that you don't get bo- like bogged down into the weeds of like, is this a component? Is this a component? Should I put this in a different file? Because right. you can literally spend like hours just like architecting how many files <laughs> you need for an app before even starting writing. So it's better just build. And if you're using a button in two different places, be like, yeah, maybe that should be a component and just spend like five minutes or 10 minutes or 20 minutes making that a component. Right. Yeah. For, yeah. Like refactor it and to make it easier. So you're just like, damn, like it's kind of like the whole like, ID versus class effect, where you see some some people you when they're learning CSS, they use IDs for everything. And then they realize I have like eight IDs that have all the same 
all the same properties. Well, I may as well make a class called button or whatever it is, and then just apply that class to everything so that it's, you know, three or four lines of CSS rather than duplicate, you know, three, four times over. So, exactly. yeah, same same sort of thing. And, and I did that with CSS when I was learning and and uh, I'm sure I'll get kind of get the same effect as I learn this, too. And I'm, I'm excited for this little project, too, because like it's not like a super monetized project. It's not something crazy, or at least that's not what it's planned to be. But it's just something that I think I'm going to be able to learn. And as I get good with Svelte, I think I'm going to actually try to like Twitch stream it a bit. I'm just really like bad at it right now. So it's going to be like, hey, guys, like I forget how to do this again. And I'm just going to be looking up documentation the whole time. So it's just not quite entertaining yet. Um, it could be it could be entertaining to watch you swear and look up documentation. It could also be. <laughs> so last time that I streamed, I actually a guy came into the chat and literally took me through like two or three of the features that I was building and like kind of showed me where to where to look and how to find them and actually do them. Ah. So he actually helped me to build the stuff and learn it as well. Like he wasn't just like, hey, just take this code and use it. He's like, no, just look here and stuff like that. So interesting. It, it, like I think there is value in showing the whole process of learning a framework, even when you're like just starting out and you're butting your head against it even though for you it'll be frustrating to do it so like when you're doing it you're going to be a little bit flustered because people are going to be watching you struggle but that struggle is part of the entertainment that's what you have to kind of put in your own head (laughs) and it's not easy to do it's not easy it's not easy to do and it's not something that everyone can do i would say like uh it's something you have to kind of train yourself a little bit but if you can you can kind of if you master that like uh personality of hey i'm struggling here and i'm going i'm get i'm going to get through this i feel like you could probably be like a big success on twitch that could be my uniform too get the like the sweatband on my head yep and the ones on my wrists and like they're all html branded and i like just i just sweat out sweating out with svelte <laughs> i'd watch it man we're coming up with ideas here tonight this is uh this is interesting it's not too bad should just have like a, a web news where we just chat about ideas. And then because we put the spotlight on ourselves, the episode will just be like, welcome to the web news. Goodbye. We have no ideas. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for like, thank you for sponsoring the podcast. Goodbye. And then just, <laughs> that's it. It's over. Um, my last thing is uh, is a personal thing again. And I mentioned this a bunch of times, but it's still happening. Not as bad, though, is getting bogged down in how things work rather than just using them. For example, like, why is this file written up this way? And then I, that leads me down this big rabbit hole of looking up how this thing and like, why is it structured this way? And this and that when that really doesn't pertain to me. And, you know, it's up to the Svelte devs and the Svelte devs could change that in another another version, this and that. And it's just like knowledge that I could and or that I could get that I dive into that I don't need. Like, I know how like I'm using a smartwatch. I don't know how the circuit board works fully. <laughs> like, it's you know what I mean? So I just need to, like, treat it like that, where let Svelte be Svelte, and then I will use the parts that I'm supposed to use. And then if I desperately need to change something, then I'll start doing it. But I am getting way better at it. I used to be really, really bad at it, and I am not so bad as it, as it now. Like, I used to just get bogged down and be like, I don't know how React works. I'm going to sit here for four days and just <laughs> read how, how React works and just not do a thing get annoyed and confused and then i just like stop so i'm getting way better at it i actually have something that i've started and i'm messing around with nice but that is uh that's the end of my struggles that's my small segment on svelte and uh i think i might start building this thing in public i need to actually design a game though right now i'm just playing with svelte and i'm just like 
making little game components, but the game isn't designed. I need to like do a little bit of game design where I'm like, I need to log in this and that or whatever I need to do. I need to figure all that out. And then, uh, and then we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. I would like to, I would like to see you build it in public. And if you do, um, do it on social media platforms or like if if you want to use the Twitter, you can always just send me stuff or just post it yourself with a little Matt tag or something like that. I'm sure people would want to see that. People want to kind of chat to both of us on there. Speaking about using the Twitter, so like as of recording this, um, I wrote an article, sent it to Mike, scheduled it all incorrectly. This is probably the fourth time I've screwed up the scheduling <laughs> software, sent it out, got all the social posts scheduled, but Mike manages the Twitter. So I did all the Facebook and the Instagram. Both went out. Link doesn't work. I go into the Facebook post, fix it. The link preview didn't update, but now the link works. And uh, I don't and I so I, I screwed up the software. I screwed up the link and it's all broken. So I don't, I, it's okay. This editor is, in chief here. It's, it's, just, it's, it's the first launch of the site. It's like one of the first actual blog posts, quote unquote, that we've like launched. So I think a few uh, mis, misfirings is okay at this point. Um, don't even, I didn't even tell you what happened with the Pratham episode. Oh, no. I all I, the notes went out. Like a day early. And oh, I went no, in there I and I was like, that. I was like, what the hell is this? And I was like, why is this? I'm like, is this because I'm logged in and I'm seeing a preview? So I go on my phone and I was like, oh, oh, yeah, this page has a bunch of views, too, because I have the analytics. So I was like, good. Yeah, this this episode episode is out tomorrow. I can't. It's like, I think I, I think I have like a disconnect because we're recording ahead of time. And I used to just like we used to record and edit like both on Tuesday and release Wednesday. Now I'm like doing it a couple days earlier editing because I'm we're a few episode episodes ahead. So I'm like scheduling stuff for the next day and then sometimes correcting and being like, no, 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 it's Wednesday release, but I'm forgetting half the time. And then I screwed up my blog post and oh, yeah, first blog post on there. Good stuff. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's uh, that's the HTML of the things website. But no, I I think you're right, Mike. Like I uh, I really want to. I need to design the game, so I need to design the game out, and then I will like probably start building in public, get, taking the screenshots, doing the different stuff, and uh, showing because you showed me carbon or whatever to like make your code snippets look nice, so, like yep. I can actually like show that because I want some some stuff's not going to be HD. Like I'll just take a picture of my screen sometimes. I don't care, but other times like I want it to be a little premium feeling. So like carbon and and you know softwares like that are you know really helpful in that regard and i I think it'd be helpful because if you have people like you said that are walking you through stuff somebody might be like hey why the hell is there four components here and i'd be like i don't know literally i don't know and then (laughs) tell me what to do (laughs) yeah literally help like i'm 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 literally learning this so it'll be uh it'll be super interesting so like i'm i'm pretty excited for it uh we'll see how it goes and, and just see how busy everything gets every single time we promise something something comes up destroys everything uh, and then we end up not doing it. But uh, this is something that I want to be like a, a long form. Like I just want to slowly build out this project and actually build it out because it's. I think it's just time that I dive in from beginning to end with a uh, JavaScript framework. That's awesome. Okay. Um, I think that's it then. Like we've kind of covered a lot on Svelte. I don't think this is going to be the end of our Svelte coverage by far because again, Matt's going to be covering it. I'm doing a project in it. My like one of my next potential personal projects might be in it so we're definitely going to cover svelte on here so you know subscribe let us know what you think of our svelte coverage let us know what you want us to cover more like is there a more advanced topic you would want to cover in a podcast format this is my this is where my like i have a little bit of a conflict where like people ask me to cover some more advanced topics on svelte 
And I get it. Like, there's a lot of really interesting stuff that goes down behind under the hood, and there's a lot of like really really cool things you can do with Svelte uh, that are a little bit more complex. But in a podcast setting, it's a little bit difficult to cover like code based structure so that everyone can kind of enjoy it. Like, I get that some people might be able to picture in their heads and and understand what I'm talking about, but to bring it down to everyone's level is going to be very difficult. So yeah, we can have a one-off episode where I go through some syntax and go through some complex code structure and see how it does. But like, I just don't see it doing that well. Like, I mean, tidbits, like if you want to just do like a code, a code clip. A code clip. But if you want to do like a tid... uh, like a tidbit episode, which is like for anyone who doesn't know, like we just do like short form random off episodes uh, that are like the web news is our short form conversational episodes. Not always that all that short, but the tidbit is like something that's a topic that isn't big enough to be covered fully. So if you want to talk about like this isn't complex, but if you want to talk about co- declaring a variable, you could just do that. And it, it's a tidbit. So who cares if it doesn't do well? I mean, oh, well, yeah. That's probably a, that's probably a better way to do it. So yeah, let let again let us know what you want us to cover on Svelte, and I'll definitely put it on the list and try to kind of come up with an episode where I can cover a bunch of random topics on Svelte. Cool, uh, and I think that concludes the episode. Unless Mike has anything else to add. Um, uh, no, I I mean I guess like we don't really have to do a what we're working on because oh we've I forgot been about talking that. about the what we're working on, but just to state it, I I am building a project in Svelte. I don't. I don't have full authority to say what it is yet. Unfortunately, I've been trying to get it. I do. It's no, I'm just. Yeah, I've been trying to get kind of like an NDA uh, level agreement going so that I can actually talk about some of it and not talk about the NDA part. But I don't have that. So I can't really talk about it. But it isn't Svelte. I can say that for sure. It is using some Web3 uh, Solana based blockchain API stuff, which is complex as hell. Uh, I'll be tweeting on that about that on at HTML everything, so you can kind of follow along as I'm struggling severely with a kind of a newer blockchain. Cool. That's it for me, though. That's a it's a loaded plate. I know that I've like Mike and I before the before the podcast had a conversation on it, and like there was like a part where you're just like busy, so you're just like you're just like I I don't even want to update you on this. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's just all over the place, stuff changes, whatever, because uh, there's just a lot going on. So um, uh, for me, though, uh, I've been hitting the HTML, the things uh, game pretty hard. Uh, I wrote that blog post. I've been doing a lot of research into different things. Uh, we have, as of recording this, they might already be on sale, might already be sold out. I don't know. But we made a little bit of merch, made just like just some mugs that we got a designer to make a really cool design. So put it on some mugs, coffee mugs, because I love coffee and Mike does too. And so you can put water in there if you want, though, or whatever you want in there, some juice or whatever. But uh, yeah, so we got some mugs made up. We might try to see if anyone likes those, Uh, you know, not to self plug it, but we are. But that's literally what I'm working on. So we got that going. And uh, I've just been working on the site stuff. We got a couple different prospects for guest writers. And we have a bunch of podcasts that we've recorded at this point. So I can edit, kind of edit any time and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, it's pretty exciting and we're kind of getting going more, which is nice. So it's been, uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a trip, but it's, uh, it's been a good one. So that's what I've been working on. It's pretty abstract. That's what I mean by a bit of a trip. I'm just kind of like, go over here, go over here, go over here. But that's always, every time I go to do anything, that's exactly how it works. Just kind of jump around and do a bunch of stuff. But, uh, it's exciting because everything is contributing to the site and that's, uh, kind of where I want to be at, I think. So that's, that's good. If you have any uh, suggestions for blog posts or anything, please also let me know because I have ideas. But like if you want something specific, maybe I'll do it. But anyway, 
That concludes what we're working on, because I completely forgot that segment. Completely forgot that segment. So I'm glad Mike brought it up. And if you liked that segment and you liked this episode, remember we're on, we are on that Patreon. That's patreon.com slash HTML, all the things. Check out the tiers and give that a go. Many thanks to our $3 tier patrons. Remember, as of recording this, limited spots remaining. Again, as of recording this, limited spots remaining for the $3 tier patrons. Sean from RabbitWorks JavaScript on YouTube.com slash RabbitWorks JavaScript. Garrick from Local Path Computing and Web Design on LocalPathComputing.com. Ryan Gatchel from Blue Black Digital on BlueBlackDigital.com. Chris from Selfmade Web Designer on SelfmadeWebDesigner.com. Tim from The Web Hacker on TheWebHacker.com. DL Ford from DLFord.io. Bib Hashdash from NineBlockMedia on NineBlockMedia.com. Jason from Geek Life Radio via GeekLifeRadio.com. Michael Curie from MC Web Studio via MCWebStudio.ca. Uh, Ma- Magnus, excuse me, Magnus from YesWeb.se. And Jeff from Twitter via the Rithic. Now, hopefully I'm saying that correctly. I, Jeff had to send me a way to pronounce that. So, Jeff, if you're listening to this, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, and thank you for becoming a Patreon as well as everybody else as well. Feel free to leave a comment or a review on the platform that you are listening to this on. And this outro will sign us off. You've been listening to HTML All The Things Podcast. Web development, web design, and small business. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you appreciate that we talk to you like human beings. And we hope you had some fun. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on social media. On Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon at HTML All The Things. And on Twitter at HTML Everything. Until next time, this is HTML All The Things, signing off.